Welcome to this sermon from Silver Lake Baptist Church. Our mission is to celebrate the greatness of God with all we are for the joy, hope, and renewal of our community. We are so glad you have chosen to listen to our message. We pray you will be blessed by your time with us today. Good morning, Silver Lake. I think we got a birthday. I know it's Jesus's birthday, right? But I think we got another birthday, right? What's his? It's Jim's birthday, right? Happy birthday, Jim. We love Jim. Appreciate you, man. So uh, say happy birthday to him, too. So hey, it's great to be here. Can you all hear me? Yes. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> so Father. Thank you for this day. Thank you for being with us. Thank you for your peace and your goodness and your and your um, all you do for us, in us, and through us, and just being so faithful to us and so so good to us and so merciful and so kind and so extravagant in all your blessings. And we receive all of them, and we thank you for that in this season. And so. Holy Spirit, speak through me, and I give you the praise and the honor in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So we're coming into Christmas, like that's this week. Like, man, that's crazy, right? This week is Christmas. And so, you know, when they had the very first Christmas, it caught them completely by surprise because, like, they had no clue that the Messiah was coming. Right? All these guys are just like going along and then God just interrupts and says, hey, here's this big surprise. Now I'm bringing my son and didn't even give him any warning, right? No. No. Actually, he gave him like hundreds of years of notice and hundreds of years of promises. So it wasn't just an accident. It just wasn't a coincidence, right? In Isaiah 48, God talks about how you know, he declares the first from the last and the beginning from the end and how, how, like, he does it. So, like, all these people were worshiping idols, and these were idols that, that man made in their image when we have a God that made us in his image, right? And so what an insult to God, right, to have the, a wood or a statue or something and, and bowing down to something that God himself made, right, when he's made us in his own image. And I think a lot of times nowadays we can have our own little idols too, right? And, and we got to be real, real careful about that. Like, I have to be real careful because, like, I love football. <laughs> like, I have my Oklahoma Sooners and I have my Seahawks, and, and I love the Seahawks, and they're playing today. Thank you, Jesus, for DVR, right? And so, but I got up, and it's like the Big 12 championship game. And so I am so excited about it, right? And um, Linda's like, hey, um, I found this great new supermarket when I was in Mill Creek and I was at the doctor's and I stopped and got, got this chicken and I want you to go with me. And I was like, uh, uh, do you know what today is? Yeah, it's Saturday. I'm off. Come on, let's go. And I'm like, you know what? I think I love you more than Oklahoma Sooners. (laughs) I told her, I was like, I guess I love you more than Oklahoma Sooners, so they'll just have to wait. 
right? And it worked out for me because they ended up winning anyway. Thank you, Jesus. Six in a row, baby. Yeah. So wait till next year. But so I was just sitting there thinking, it's like, that's what I said. Well, honey, I love you more than the Sooners. Barely, but I do. <laughs> so she, that's a compliment, by the way, right? But sometimes we can make little things idols in it, like horses, right? Or trying to get a belt buckle, right? Trying to get a title, trying to get all kinds of stuff. And that's what Christmas is it's about putting down all that we think is valuable and all that we think is important and realizing that God gave us the greatest gift of all and his name is Jesus. And so see, I already got Christmas because like we'll go into certain things and we'll be like, well, I'm just aware of this, this, and this. And there's certain things in our life that's so much broader and so much bigger than what we could ever think. Like I like looking at cars like, and I like exploring different cars because like when, when I was growing up, it was a Ford, Dodge, Mercury, Lincoln, you know, all this. My dad loved Lincolns, right? But, but um, I was like, man, I'm going to have a Dodge Dakota when I grow up. Woohoo! When I was a little kid, right? When it first came out. Now I wouldn't have one if you paid me, right? <laughs> so, so our awareness and everything grows as we grow in our lives, but there's so much more out there, right? Like like a Lamborghini Aventador, man. Oh, sweet Jesus. That's heaven's car, right? And so made birth for angels and sons and kings to drive. You know what I mean? You can have the Rolls Royces and all that stuff, right? But there's so much cool stuff out there. Like, you know what Lamborghini even makes a SUV? I mean, come on. If you're going to have an SUV and a dude driving a car around, it might as well be a Lamborghini, right? <laughs> and so it's really cool. So I was like, all this awareness just opens up. And me and Linda were driving to the supermarket. She says, you got to see this thing, man. And I'm like, it's a grocery store. <laughs> you're dragging me off from the Oklahoma Sooners and championship Saturday so I can go to a grocery store with you. She's like, I don't want to go there by myself. And I was like, okay. I'm totally unaware of certain stuff, right? <laughs> so I get into this, and it's called Central Market. I'm sure you guys know it being down here. I mean, it's like the Walt Disney World of grocery stores, man. I mean, I walk in, and they have tanks. I was looking for a pool to see Shamu jump out of it, you know? <laughs> Because they had, like, literally everything. They had a, a Asian and, and Mexican and Jewish section. That, like, you just don't see all this um, cultural stuff in one thing. But then they had, they had fish and shrimp and crabs and lobster and, and steak. Man, they had these big old tomahawk steaks. I was like, I'm in heaven. Thank you, Jesus, right? But it was so expansive and it was so big. And do you know what? It was bigger than anything that I could have ever imagined would be in a store. I mean, I thought Costco was cool. <laughs> right? And so I think so much of the time that we go through life and we're just not aware of how big God is and how good God is. And we're walking in this little mindset and God says, guess what? I'm going to check something in your heart and in your life, and I'm going to move you into something better, right? He's like, he's going to lengthen 
our tent stakes, like he says in Isaiah 54. And he's going he's gonna to do birth, life, even in places where it's barren. And we can just say, Amen. So be it according to your word, just like Mary, Mary said. And so what's really cool is the Jewish people this time in the Torah, in the Tanakh, in the, in the Old Testament, in, in, in the, um, you, you've got um, the Torah, which is the five book, books of Moses, you know. Um, and then you've got um, the writings and the prophets and, and the kings. And, and so, anyway, but all through the Tanakh, the whole, Bible, whole Old Testament, God was pointing to Jesus. You know, this whole book is about Jesus from the beginning to the end. But see, these guys were just used to going to the mini-mart. They didn't know there was a central market. And God kept trying to give them a hint. Hey, I got this central market, and you won't believe how expansive it is and how big it is and what I'm going to do in your life. And they were stuck in their own thinking, right? They did believe, they still believe to this day in the Messiah. I heard a Jewish rabbi, he speaks to a lot of Christians and talks about the Jewish um, beliefs, but he says he doesn't believe Jesus is the Messiah yet. But he said, he told the pastor, he said, I'll make you a deal. When Jesus comes back, if he's my Messiah and your Messiah, he said, I'll let you baptize me. And I thought, well, you're going to get to see Jesus as your Messiah. But I thought, how great that he's even willing to, to stretch his thinking. And I think God's dealing with him and going to do great things in his life, right? Be, because of that. But there's such, such great things that we're not aware of. And if we get caught up listening to what the world's saying, we'll never see what God's trying to show us because we're so caught up in, like, like the world is like hee-haw, man. <laughs> right? The news is hee-haw, right? Mm -hmm. Gloom and despair, agony on me, and the dogs are even crying. Right? And howling. Right? But God says, no, I, I ain't hee-haw, man. I, I'm like that sister act where the choir comes out and they're bouncing everywhere like the Muppet show. You know what I mean? That's what God's like. Like, he hasn't lost one bit of sleep over anything that's going on in this world. And neither should we, because God has not fallen off the throne. Right? And so... The world and, and situations will tell you one thing, but God has a word for us and, and a promise for us in this book. And every one of them is true. And we can find that promise in the time of need and go to him and say, Hey, hey, dude, you promised me this, Father. He said, That's right, son. It's yours. Here, take it. And we can walk through things that we'd never be able to walk walk through without it. So I'm just going to read you one scripture in the Old Testament about Jesus, okay? I could go in Genesis. I could go in Numbers. Actually, I could go through every book, but there's specific prophecies that go in Genesis and Numbers and Micah and, and Psalms, right? And you can go in, into, um, obviously, Isaiah and Jeremiah, and we're going into Isaiah and and Jeremiah, and even Malachi, where he says the sun, sun will come with healing in his wings, right? The rising sun. And then you go into Luke 2, and Zechariah actually references that when he's talking about 
John the Baptist. So Jesus is all through this. And so I'm going to share a little bit about the Christmas story with you through the Old Testament. And then we're going to jump into the New Testament too. All right? Are you guys with me? Okay, it says in Isaiah chapter 9, verse 1, Nevertheless, there will be no more gloom for those who were in distress. You know what he's saying? No more hee-haw, dude. Like, it's party time. Watch what I'm going to do. It's time to lift your eyes up because I've got great news. A light has come. And it's so cool to me how Hanukkah and Christmas coincide. And how in Hanukkah, Jesus is the light of the world. And in Christmas, we got lights everywhere. The whole world doesn't even know. They're prophesying about Jesus by putting their lights up. Now, don't take them down, guys, because I said that, right? <laughs> but it's awesome how, how, how God works all through history, right? It says, nevertheless, there will be no more gloom for those who were in distress. In the past, he humbled the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali. But in the future, he will honor Galilee of the Gentiles by the way of the sea along the Jordan. Now, who was on from Galilee? Who was from Nazareth? Yeshua. Jesus was. Who do you think they're talking about? I know. Sometimes we need a clue, right? And then it says this, the people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of the shadow of death, a light has dawned. You have enlarged the nation and increased their joy. They rejoice before you as people rejoice at the harvest as men rejoice when dividing the plunder. I was saying the people walking in darkness and all of a sudden there's this big light, man. There are people like, don't go towards the light. Don't go towards the light. Why would you not? I mean, unless you're in a train tunnel. You know what I mean? Go to the light, man. Because in light, there is no darkness. There can't be any darkness in all this gloom. That's why when Jesus comes on, he, he doesn't just heal. He is healing. He doesn't just provide. He is provision. He just doesn't give you peace. He is peace. He just doesn't give you joy. He is your joy. Your joy, unspeakable. And it's full of glory, man. And so much of the time we can lose sight. Where, well, this world's so dark. Hallelujah. Guess what? Because the Bible says where sin abounds, grace super abounds. You know that that, that word super abounds didn't even exist? That, that Paul actually had to make his own word up? Because he's like, if you see Jesus, because see, Paul walked in darkness. Like, he literally got blinded by the light. Right? What's that song? Blinded by the light. Yeah. 
Now I got that stuck in my head. Thank you guys for that, right? But he got blinded by the light, but he still went towards it. Right? Knocked off his high horse. And he knew. He's like, oh man, you're the Messiah. You're the one I love. You're the one that, that I worship. You're my King of kings and the Lord of lords. You're the one that Isaiah was talking about and, and that Abraham was talking about and that Jeremiah was talking about. You're him. And it changed his life. See, now we're getting more clues than what the Jewish people had, right? We already seen Jesus come and we already seen Jesus give his life. We already seen him raise, rise from the dead. We've already seen thousands of years of evidence that God is real and that Jesus is the Messiah. And we still have our time sometimes trusting him. When if we just say, you know something, Father, I'm going to take you at your word, just like Mary did. She said, so be it according to your word. Whew, man, I come to preach this morning, I guess. Didn't mean to, sorry. You have enlarged the nation, increased their joy. They rejoice before you as people rejoice at the harvest. As men rejoice when dividing the plunder. For as in the day of Midian's defeat, you have shattered the yoke that burdens them and the bar across their shoulders, the rod of their oppressor. You know what he's saying? It, he's saying it's anointing that breaks the yoke. But guess who the anointing is? His name is Jesus. And it's through the power of the Holy Spirit. He says, I will break the yoke that is upon you. In fact, I won't even break it. I will pull it off and I will crush it. No longer will you be under the thumb. No longer will you be beaten down and trodden down because it doesn't matter what anyone does to us. We can stand up and say, God is my king. God is my savior. And I will get through because he promised I would. Then we don't have to worry about all this other stuff going on. And, and no matter what you're looking at, no matter what it feels like, no matter how bad it looks, I promise you, God has an answer and a promise. And he's going to get you through in ways that you never even imagined. And just say, Father, just make me aware of all your goodness. And you know what? He'll open it up. He wants to heal you. He wants to bless you. He wants to provide for you. He wants peace in your families more than you do. Don't run from him. Don't get mad at him. Trust him in the midst of all of it because he says, I'm going to break those things off. He's like, I've shattered the yoke that burdens them. There's a bar across their shoulders. Do you know what, though? Jesus took that bar on himself. He took a bar on a tree and carried it up a hill and died for us. And when he died, he shattered that off of us so that we can walk in wholeness and, and, and healing and with our head up. And we can say, if God be for me, who can be against me? Every warrior's boot used in battle and every garment rolled in blood will be destined for burning and will be fuel for the fire. 
And when he's saying everything that's coming, coming at you, that's just going to be fuel for the fire. And you know what fire produces? More light. Right? He's burning all that stuff up. All those attacks that are coming on your life in all our stupid decisions. One of the most freeing things I ever heard was that God had planned for all my stupid provisions or stupid um, plans, you know, and made provision for it before I was even born. So he already knew I was going to be stupid sometimes. And he's like, he didn't say, I'll save you if you'll be smart and wise. Sometimes you're not. Sometimes it's a spiritual attack. Sometimes it's your own stupidity. But either way, God will get us through it. You hear what I'm saying? We can always turn around and trust him, or at least we're trying. I'd rather do something stupid trying than not ever do anything at all. And then I love where it says this in Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. For to us, man, that gets me. Listen, because he just made it personal. He's saying, for to you, a child is born. Now listen to this. To us, a son is given. You know what? He come to be a personal savior. He come to be a personal friend. He come all the yoke destroying, breaking down, burning warrior's boots. He come to do that because he loves you. And you alone, if you were the only one here, he would have done it for you. Because he loves you that much. But for me, a, a child was given. He prophesied about it years and years and years ago and said, hey, I got a gift for you, James. And it's better, better than the Oklahoma Sooners and it's better than Central Market and it's better than, than ice cream and cookies and cream and all that other good stuff I'm not eating right now. <laughs> But I'm mourning, Father. It's that good because he, he's just that good. And he says it's for you. I know what the greatest gift I ever got in Christmas was when Mary had a baby. And his name was Jesus. Because sometimes you get a gift and like it, you use it and then it's done, right? Anybody ever get gifts like that? Or you can only use it for a little while and then you wear it out? I tell you, you can't wear this out. It's a gift that keeps on giving. Right? For to us, for to you, a child is born. To us, to you, a son is given. And the government will be on his shoulders. What's he saying, the government? He's talking about the kingdom of God. Right? We're looking about, oh, which government? Is it Russia? Is it China? Is it the U.S.? Is it... You know what? Those are, all those things are, are just piddly jokes compared to the kingdom of God. He's the king of the universe. Melech Ha'olam. 
the king of the universe. Do you know how big the universe is? No, you don't. Right? But God does. Do you know how big Russia is? Do you know how big America is? Do you know how big some of these little countries are? Yeah, you can measure it. But you can't measure the universe just like you can't measure God. And if that's that big, how big is God? How big is his kingdom? I mean, come on. That's got to be like... But, and the government will be on his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor. Mighty, mighty God, everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace. If you don't know what to do, it's pretty good to have a counselor. Right? If you're in trouble with the law, it's pretty good to have a counselor. You know what I'm saying? You have an attorney, and that's what we have. We have someone who is interceding for us to the Father and saying, Hey, I shed my blood for that. Hey, I shed my blood for that. And the Father says, I rule in your favor. Paid in full. Now watch what I'm going to do. Mighty God. Man, he's so mighty and so big and the king of the universe. But that, that mighty God is Elohim. He, he's a creator. He can create in your life, right? He can breathe life to anything that you need life breathed into. You remember in the Garden of Eden where he took dirt, right? And he, he molded it and he breathed in dirt and it come to life. And they marveled at when he raised the dead. That was easy. Think about that. Everlasting Father. Think, think about that. Everlasting Father. He's like, like, like in this world, people come and go. But in Him for eternity, forever and ever and ever, He's our Father. The Bible says that He will never leave us, never forsake us, that He's always there, always faithful, always true. And then it says, he's a prince of peace. Man, we need peace in this world. Many of us, many people need peace in our lives. Right? But here, here's what I love about this. Because this is a prince of shalom. Do you know what it means? It means completeness. It means nothing missing Nothing broken. When countries are fighting over each other, do you know what's missing? Love. Joy. Right? There's stuff missing. So when peace comes, what happens? Completeness comes back and that joint comes back together. And that's what we need in our lives. That's what we need in this country. That's what we need in this world. That's what we need in the church. Not just this church. But in the church, 
nothing missing, nothing broken, a completeness that only comes from the Prince of Peace. You know, when I was growing up, they used to call uh, um, Roy Rogers and Gene Autry, like, man, those are the king of the cowboys. Right? And then Elvis, man, they like, he's a king of rock and roll. Right? What did that mean? Right? And it meant they're really good at rock and roll. Or they're really good at being cowboys. So when they're saying, he's a prince of peace, you know what they're saying? He's really good at bringing you peace. But he's not just a prince of peace, but he is the king of kings. You ever play chess? A king trumps everything. Can you imagine having a peace that would trump even a king? That would be the king of kings, and that's who we have. And his name's Jesus. Isn't that good news? Of the increase of and of the where am I at? Of the increase of the government of his government and peace, there will be no end. You know what it's saying? The kingdom of God is marching forward, it's going forwards, and the peace that comes with it, the peace that passes all understanding, the peace that breaks down every wall is marching forward and the kingdom of God will bring peace. And I want to live in that kingdom. I want to follow His ways and and take His promises and watch what He'll do. Only by grace through the blood of Jesus Christ who is my access to all that. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from the time on for and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. And if they had just read a little more into Isaiah, chapter 53, verse 1, it says this. Who has believed our message? To whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed. He grew up before him like a tender shoot and like a root of dry ground. He had no beauty or majesty to attract us to him. Nothing in his appearance that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected by men. A man of sorrows and familiar with suffering. Like one from whom men hide their faces, he was despised, and we esteemed him not. Now listen to this. Who do you think they're talking about? Who has believed our message? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? Do you know what the arm represents? It represents the arm of God, the mighty hand of God being revealed. He's like, who has believed this message? Who has believed this report? We're so quick to believe every other report out there. But do we believe this report? Do we believe what God said? Are we going to trust what God said? Are we going to say, okay, how are you going to do this? I don't know about that. Or are we going to say, 
so be it, Lord, to me according to your word. Instead, we're saying, so be it to me according to your word, news. According to your word, people's opinion. According to your verdict, doctor. When I have a, a ruling and a king and a master who's already demolished all that and given me victory before the battle even occurred. Whose report? Whose message are you going to believe? That's why it's the gospel, man. You know what it means? It means good news. What is he revealing to you? Think about that. Take time when you're, when, you're in, when you're just driving, man. Whatever you're doing. When you get some alone time, like I, like I like to talk to him when I'm driving, or I've talked to him when I'm cleaning stalls. I've got more messages cleaning stalls than anything else. It's that time where you're just doing something that's just mindless, and then you can hear the Holy Spirit just start talking and start revealing and unpacking. Because I guarantee you, we can live in eternity, which we are going to learn, and in an eternity is not enough time to learn how great and good God is. How bright his light. There is no shadow in his turning. He's altogether lovely, altogether wonderful. And how can you not be drawn to him? He grew up before him like a tender suit and like a root of dry ground. He had no beauty or majesty to attract us to him. Nothing in his appearance that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrow and familiar with suffering, like one from whom men hide their faces. But he was despised, and we esteemed him not. You know, Mary had a little lamb. His fleece was white as snow. But he didn't go everywhere Mary went, because he had an appointment with a cross. Just like a lamb, he was born in a barn. It's probably better than most lambs. They probably get born in a pasture or something. But he come, and he was born as a lamb of God. But I tell you what, he's coming back as a roaring lion. He is the king of kings. He is the Lord of lords. He is the Messiah that has been prophesied and planned and prepared by God from the foundations of the earth. And he wants to be your Savior. He wants to be your Lord. If you're out there and you don't know him or if you're in here, I'm pretty sure. It's easy just asking, Father, forgive me of my sins. Lord Jesus, come into my heart. I accept you as my gift this Christmas. And I give you a gift back, which is myself. You said that prayer, let us know. Or let someone know. I'm praying for you. But even for us that know him already, how about let's receive more of him? You know what, Lord Jesus? I receive you and all you've got to offer me. I receive everything that you are to me. I receive all your promises and, and all 
all that you, all your strength and all your peace and all your victory. And as a gift to you, I give myself back to you. Not just today, but every day. To walk in your peace and grace, by your grace, not by my power. In Jesus' name. It gets better from that because it says he surely took our infirmities and carried our sorrows, yet we considered him stricken by God, smitten and afflicted, but he was pierced for our transgression. He was crushed, crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was upon him, and by his wounds we are healed. Amen. Thank you for listening. If you'd like to learn more about us, check out our website at www.silverlakebaptist.org.